Welcome to Out of Game Episode 5. In today's episode, we'll look back on our favorite gaming moments of 2014, look forward to our gaming resolutions of 2015, and discuss ADHD versus OCD gamers. This is your host, Ryan. Join me and Chris as we go out of game. Welcome to episode 5 of Out of Game. So today's episode, we're going to talk about a topic that may be sensitive to some. And what is that topic, Chris? Like all of our topics. They're, <laughs> 90% of the time, our topics are sensitive to somebody. True. Um, ADHD versus OCD. So it's kind of the disorder episode. Right. And in, in, in specific, specifically about gamers. That have as these, it applies to gaming. As it yeah. applies to gaming. So that's going to be the topic today, and we are going to have a slight format change where we're actually not going to do a review this episode. So we thought we'd mix it up a little bit and uh, focus more on some discussion topics uh, and leave out the review. I don't know if we'll do that every time, but you know, when we have a game we want to review, we'll review it. That's right. kind of how we feel. That's very non-OCD of you, by the way. <laughs> I know. It's, it's good for the It theme. was hard for me to even get that out. Um, so I have to tell you a story. I was uh, was walking through my office at work, you know, and there's like a cube farm, and there's there's this guy Reed. He's like a friend of mine at work that I I game with, and he listens to the show. He's one of my only coworkers that actually listens, and uh, so he he gets up and he's like this like boisterous guy. He gets up when I'm I'm walking through, you know, through the the cube farm, and he points at me, and there's like people sitting in cubes everywhere, and he goes. Graham, I'm like, oh my god. He's like, you guys are obsessed with werewolf. You need new topics. I'm like, yes, we are. I couldn't, I couldn't argue. It's like, you know what? We are kind of obsessed. We with do werewolf. talk a lot about werewolf. So, you know, we've done a lot of talking about werewolf. This isn't the werewolf podcast, I promise. So, Reed, this is going out to you. I, I promise you, for the rest of the episode, you will not hear me say the word werewolf. Does that mean we can't talk about daybreak? What is what's daybreak? One night ultimate daybreak. That is what that means. Yes. Okay. Well, no, you. you we're not going to say the word. He's not. He's not going to hear the word. He Reed has a good point. We we do talk a lot about it. It's. Uh, I don't know. I don't even. I don't even want to explain why we do because we shouldn't talk at all. <laughs> we're just going to leave that out. So this is the non episode for all you non fans. Also, uh, a little update on our BGG Guild membership. Would you like that segue? No segue whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it's good just to move right ahead. <laughs> just jump right into the next topic. So we had a 33... I, I like to focus on percentages because the numbers are kind of ridiculous. But we had a 33% increase in Guild membership uh, since last episode. Does that mean we, have, we went from <laughs> two to... To four? No, it's a little better than that. So we are number 74 now out of 130. Nice. And uh, we're just ahead of Jogos Cafe e Cerveja. Nice. I was pretty proud of that. Oh, sorry. It's Jogos Cafe e Cerveja dash podcast. <laughs> That's the name of their podcast. So we just passed them. Sorry, Jogos. Hope I'm saying that right. I'm pretty sure I'm not. So all we need is... Uh, 10 more guild members, and we will be in the top half of BGG guild members for podcasts. That's a goal. 
It is an honorable golf, I may say. So we appreciate everyone that came out and joined the guild. And if you're listening right now and you haven't joined yet, read. Go out and join the guild. And uh, maybe we'll get in the top half because that's super important to us. That's right. So, Chris, uh, how did the how did the feedback come along yeah, for the board game food truck? The board game food truck. Now, you know we we try to do <laughs> we try to make entertaining podcast episodes while also being informative and just talking about the things we know. And we came up with the board game food truck a, a couple podcasts uh, back, and the reviews were mixed. I think um, all of the feedback was good in the sense that it was constructive. I, we had more people that liked it that didn't like it, but uh, because the passions ran high on both sides, the people that liked it really thought it was funny and just an, a different twist on gaming. Mm-hmm. And then the people that didn't like it didn't get it. It was um, a little jarring and, and weird. And so I think what we're going to do is we'll do the board gaming food truck periodically. It's not going to be in every episode uh, uh, segment, but, we, but we'll but we just bring it back every now and then. Right, and we might not do as many, you know, we might change the format a little, we might maybe make it a little shorter so it's not right. as, you know, time-consuming. But, uh, you know, I, I put a poll out on the Guild, and a few people answered it, and, you know, on average, we want, the average score on the poll was either indifference or they like it. <laughs> not they love it or they hate it. So, I felt like that was par for the course. I, it, it, I, I think the results were good, honestly, yeah. but we do have to just be careful not to alienate anybody out there, you know, and just kind of keep focused on what we're talking, you know, the, the topics at hand. And um, I don't want to disappoint the people that liked it either, because right. I, I had people telling me that they did like it. So, you know, it yeah. is what it is. And I know for a fact that one of the, I know one of the people that didn't like it, it's a friend of mine, so his vote doesn't count. He knows who he is. So... <laughs> He'll he just he'll just zone it out anyways, but but yeah I you know I do I do think I don't think everyone answered the poll for one and then other people told us that they liked it so I agree I think it was mostly positive so yeah it shows though how we listen to all this feedback it really we want to make the show good so everybody keep um, keep posting all whatever feedback you think we need to hear right so I have an, an old it's an old news item but it's new for us because we haven't talked about it yet so do you remember um, when I was telling you that Asmodee bought out Days of Wonder? Yes, I do. So, did you know that recently they also merged with Fantasy Flight Games? I did not. The biggest booth at Gen Con has been taken over by Asmodee. So, they're like becoming this conglomerate board game company. Yeah. I don't really want to talk about it again, but I just thought it was interesting because like, no one saw that coming. And, and I'm pretty sure everyone out here that's listening already knows this, but... I just I, I found it interesting that something we hadn't mentioned yet. So we are aware that that happened. Uh, the one difference, though, is the CEO of uh, Fantasy Flight is staying on. And I think he's, I don't know, he's got some shares in the new company or whatever. So it's a little different. But it is interesting that this one company has like, bought out two of the most popular board game companies that were out there. Yeah, I don't know if this relates to gaming, but... And a lot of the the online uh, gambling sites that do like DraftKings, FanDuel, those things where you and Warlight now, it's becoming a, a fad to incorporate. I don't want to say gambling; that's a strong word, but in online gaming, you use coins, and I'm using air quotes, coins, 
where you deposit money and you get these virtual coins and then you can wager on some of these games. Okay. As long as the, here's this is how they do this loophole legally. As long as there's no random element in the game, and that goes to some of our oh. topics of the past about randomness. Because remember, in Warlight, for example, you could set a luck percentage. Right. When you're constructing the games, so it has to be zero. So there's no randomness. It's all strategy. But apparently, in most states, not all, but the vast majority, it's legal to do this, where you're doing online gaming, depositing money, and gambling on the outcome. Huh. It's an, it's an interesting topic. We could maybe cover that in a future uh, podcast. But um, I don't know what that says for the gaming industry. But personally, my personal opinion is... I have no problem with it. I mean, I did a lot of DraftKings and I did some FanDuel where you wager on football games and you're wagering against other players. And I play Warlight and there's a big online gaming community there and they do this now. Um, Warlight isn't, you're not allowed in Illinois to uh, receive cash. You can deposit coins, you just can't get them back. Okay. So it's one of those things we have to look into a little more before we, <laughs> before we delve into the the legalities and the future of this, but it just seems to be an exploding thing right now. So maybe for those that aren't aware, what can you just give a quick explanation of what Warlight is? Sure, Warlight Warlight is an online game. It's it's a turn based game. It's a lot like Risk, where you know you uh, you have a map and there's hundreds of maps on there. Uh, you deposit armies on there. You get more armies per turn based on the the amount of territories you have, and there's certain regions with bonuses, and your income of armies depends on that. And you can set all kinds of settings, uh, such as fog and luck and things like that. It, it's it's a big community now. That's it's come a long way. I know Ryan, you were playing for a while. You're the actually the one that got me into it, and you you haven't played in a while, but the, it's. It's gotten very big now. Hmm. There's there's a lot of people on there, and that's why they're doing the coins, obviously. But it's it's like it's like online risk. It's turn based, turn based strategy game where you don't have to be live, where everybody's online at the same time. Right. There's a big. There's one difference though between Warlight and Risk that makes it a way better. The game. fog. The well, the fog is another one, but the fact that you everyone submits their turn simultaneously and then it resolves it. Yeah, Whereas in risk, one person goes and like take over half the map, and then you go and you take it over. So there's a lot of trying to outguess your opponent, which right. makes it fun. And plus, they have like, you know, cards that you play that do special things that right. are more strategic. It's pretty fun, and it's asynchronous. So it's, you know, you can play, right. take your turn, and then the next day, take your next turn. Yeah, or whatever. It fits the lifestyle of an ADHD person. <laughs> Segwaying to our topic, nice. which actually. Uh, I don't see that on the list yet. So yeah, we're not we're not there right. yet. But so anyway, yeah, Fantasy Flight was bought out. Um, this gambling thing. So what was the what was the connection there? I don't you, remember. I, I, <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. You know, something we've never done that I like to do this time is um, let's go into just kind of listing what have we been up to lately. You, you mean know, out of game. Yeah. So like, what games have we played? Hobbies we're into, or anything else? Uh, and and I and I think I've got the biggest news here. So I, it's, it's a big it's a big one. I want to go first, and that is that my baby daughter Ava was born. Yeah, congratulations. So uh, I was a little out of commission for a while there. Uh, Chris didn't see me for like two months uh, in any game nights or anything. Yeah, we actually thought Ryan would keep gaming even <laughs> even with the baby. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a crazy time. 
Uh, I do have a, a two and a half year old son, Evan, at home also, so just adjusting to that. But you know, that's a big thing in my life, and uh, looking forward to teaching her about games one day. Oh yeah, um, that's serious real life stuff. As to the playing, um, I have played a lot of games, surprisingly, even though I've been... That's not surprising. <laughs> well, it's surprising that I had a child and I still was able to play this many games. So I'm not going to give a big explanation of each of these games. I'm just going to kind of rapid fire. Rapid fire, I like list it. List them off. All right, so uh, with Esther, you know, when she is recovering... Uh, Esther's your wife. My wife, yeah. Right. So we played a game of Steam Park, which is like... It's like steampunk, building a roller coaster theme park for robots. That's the theme of this nice. game. It has awesome 3D components, really fun game. Played a game of 8-Minute Empire Legends, which is a half-hour... It says 8-Minute Empire, but it takes like a half-hour. It's a half-hour area control game. If you like El Grande and you want it in like a, like a snack size, then 8-Minute Empire Legends is your game. Uh, my parents came to visit, played a game of Bang the Dice game, Bang is a... Have you ever played Bang? Yeah, the card game. Yeah. yeah. So they made a dice game that's way quicker than the card game. Uh, and like everyone has a special role, and it's the same theme, but you just roll dice like Yahtzee style to get the actions you want. And then it's still like still trying to figure out uh, who the outlaws are and who the... the um, what's the, the other guy? I don't remember. Uh, I can't remember what the... Uh, what, whatever. I'll... I'll Future Ryan will fix this later. Hey, Future Ryan here. So the word that was escaping me was renegade. Back to the show. And then uh, Christmas game day. So I had a, actually had a game day at my house, which no, no one ever comes from our Wednesday on Christmas? Not on Christmas. It was over oh. Christmas break. Okay. So a lot of the guys that I game with that live near me, they come back for the holidays you know, to visit their families, like people that have moved away. So I had a I had a long game day uh, near Christmas. Got to play some Ultimate <laughs> Deluxe Edition. Oh, you said it. Uh, got to got to play some uh, King of New York. King of New York is like the new King of Tokyo. They huh. Richard Garfield. It's I thought when I, this first came out as an expansion, but it, it's like a new game that has a lot of the same mechanics, uh, but it's a little more strategic. It, you can't just turtle in the corner. Which is weird. You can't just turtle in the corner to get a, a points victory, but a points victory is much more likely in this game to happen than in King of Tokyo. So I really liked that. A friend of mine brought that over, my friend Aaron. Um, played a game of Smash Up, which is where you take two like pop culture factions or geek culture factions. They each have a deck, and you smash them together, and that's like your deck for the game. And then you... you it's, it's weird. You like take over these bases with them. So I was the... Gnome, no, I was the trickster geeks. That was my. Those are my okay. two factions, the tricksters and the geeks. So that was a good time. Played a game of Cash and Gun Second Edition. Edition. So this is a game that I thought I would hate because there's actually foam guns in this in this game, and you point them at each other. Oh boy! And then uh, you're you're fight you're you're trying to bluff people into thinking you're actually shooting them because you only have a certain amount of bullets. Mm-hmm. Like you do eight rounds and you have three bullets. So some of the times you you play a card that says click, but it's face down. Your whole point of the gun at them, and they don't know if it says click or, or bang. Bang means you shoot them. Click okay. means it's... So you're trying to bluff them out of not getting a share of the loot that round because there's all this loot in the middle. And I just didn't think I would Sounds like... Sounds like cool. I, I didn't think I would like this game because of the whole gun thing. And my wife Esther really hates guns. So it was kind of funny because... 
uh, I was like, gosh, if Esther saw this game, she'd be like, what are you guys doing? So right when the first round starts, we all of our guns point at each other, and Esther walks down the stairs right at that moment. <laughs> of course. And, she's, and she looked at us, and she's like, what the... <laughs> It, it was so funny, but it was actually a, a pretty fun game. Like I, the the gun thing didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. So, you know, it was a pretty fun party game. If someone got that on our Wednesday group, I think I think you would actually maybe have fun playing it. I don't know. It, it's nothing like uh, Coup. It sounds like it. Though. It sounds like it, but there's okay. a reason to make someone. There's a reason to bluff in this game. It benefits you. Interesting. And then we top that game day off with a game of Princes of Florence, which is like this classic game. Uh, I don't even know how to explain this game, but it's in like in the top 20 or 30 games, but it's an older game that I've just had for a long time. It's good. And I finally got to play it, and uh, it, I really liked it. It kind of It's kind of like a game from the same era as Kalis, like one of these original just great Euro games, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's a great game. So I'm really happy I got to play that. Had a couple of games on New Year's, New Year's Eve actually, my wife and I played some games with her parents who live with us, and her parents are Chinese, so finding games that we can play with them is not easy. How did you even do that? Well, you have to be, you have to find games that are language independent, so no text at all on the cards, and of course Esther has to translate the rules, but they have to be simple enough that she can translate them and her parents can understand them. So played a game of Sushi Go. Which is actually the theme is kind of neat too. Since they're Chinese, even though sushi is Japanese, is just it has like these cute sushi cards, and mm-hmm. it's a drafting game like Seven Wonders, and you're you're building different hands of sushi. So uh, played a game of that and Diamonds, which is a trick taking game um, with just it's a it's a specialized deck that goes from one to fifteen, but it's essentially a trick taking game. Mm-hmm. Both of those went off really well. Then on New Year's Day had another game day. New Year's Day all you should, day. You should try playing Caverna with Esther's parents. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be horrible. Uh, you could make a reality show out of that. I would love to see that. Yeah, it might be more interesting <laughs> for you to watch that than to actually play it, it yeah. sounds like. Um, but played a game of Five Tribes, which was a Days of Wonder game that came out at Gen Con this year. Have you ever played uh, Mancala? No. Like that weird, you know what it is though? No. It's like the wood where you drop the marbles around in a circle. It's like an old game. No. Okay. Well, at Five Tribes, you do that with meeples. That's like the main uh-huh. mechanism, but I really, really liked it. Um, I don't think you would like it, though, because what other people do totally could hose your turn. Are there any games you didn't like that you played? Um, I want to hear you be critical of a game. Let me see here. I mean, you can't possibly like all of these games that you played. No, I liked them all. I'm not buying that. I played a game of Twa. It's another older game. This game has a dice placement. How do you spell that? T-R-O-Y-E-S. Oh, that's Troyes. Sorry, Tro- you pronounced it wrong. Troyes. Troyes. Troyes, okay. Well, anyways, I played a game of this game that starts with a T. This guy, Adam, came to our game day, um, which is another story how I met him, but he, he I invited him to the game day, and he came, and he brought this game, and it's a dice placement game, which I thought would be similar to Alien Frontiers, because you roll dice and you use those as like your workers. But it was way more complicated and strategic. But it was okay. So I'd you all, didn't like it? All of all the games I played, I probably liked it the least. Okay. And I think that was because it was seriously like the whole game was a learning game. It took it took forever just to grasp the game, and he he told us that ahead of time. He's yeah. like, this game is really hard to explain and conceptualize. You just have to play it and. You know, I, I would like to play it again. 
He also brought over crokinole. Have you ever seen a crokinole table? No. It's like this big round wood uh, table. It's like a, and you have discs that you flick. And there's a hole in the middle, and there's like these pegs around. It's a dexterity game. Interesting. They have really nice crokinole tables. They're like hundreds of dollars to buy them. And he, he brought over one and taught us how to play, and that was really fun. Sounds like you really reduced your magic number. Yeah, you would think. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. And then the last game was Bang the Dice game. Played that again with that group. So last time I was telling you my magic number was 27. So what do you think it is this time after all that? Maybe uh, 11? 11. <laughs> that sounds about right. 39! Yeah. So it went up. Somehow I Somehow. played like 20 games and my magic number went up How did 12. that happen? Well, should we explain the magic number? Yeah, so if those who don't know, the magic number is the amount of games that I have on my shelf that I own that I haven't played yet. Yeah, so it's the games, it's the uh, it's the ever-changing queue right. of games that are ready to be played. And you'd think that number would go down, it continues to go up. So part of that is some of the games on this list aren't my games, they're games other people brought. So uh, that's part of it. The other part is, is that you're getting new ones. Kickstarter, some a, kick, a Kickstarter came in that had three games in it, so that bumped it up three. And then uh, I had some orders that I had been building over time from like uh, Cool Stuff Inc. and Cardhouse, and they they like culminated at the same time, like around the holidays. So yeah, just a big influx of games. So yeah, it went from 27 wow. to 39. It was actually up at 40. It went, it, it, yeah, crazy. I don't know how you're going to reduce that. And, you know, I upgraded my game room, too. Over Christmas, I uh, I got from my parents, I asked for an Ikea gift card. So I have Ikea Calyx shelves, and I'll post a picture of this because I love looking at this wall. Uh, I had these Ikea Calyx shelves, which are the nice shelves with the cubes. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but I had them, you know, covering my whole back wall, but just one set of them along the wall. So I got new ones now to go on top of the ones I have. So the whole wall from floor to ceiling now, wall to wall is all shelves. Mm. And so like the bottom half of that right now is full of games. <laughs> and now now I have the new shelves up top. Oh wow. But I'll get to this later. I'm I'll, I'll talk a little more about that later. And uh finally, another geek related thing that I have been doing recently is I started playing Dark Age of Camelot again. What? The video game that I used to play like 10 years ago. Wow. So this game is still alive somehow. They, they've consolidated it into a single server farm. So it's, it's basically just one server. But there's enough people subscribed to the game that it, it stays alive. And even like the ownership of the company has changed to like a new company that actually is putting time and effort into it to, to enhance it. I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked because you weaned yourself off of that. Yeah. And it's 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 one of those things you're you're either way into or you're not at all into. Well, right now I'm it's I don't like it enough to really get into it that much, so it really is just something it's I do. It's a nostalgia thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and I and I probably only do it for a couple months. But it is fun to go back cuz I reconnect with people that I was like in a guild with mm-hmm. like so long ago and that part is fun. And they've made the game so easy right now like you can go from level zero to 50 in like two days. I mean, they just made it really easy to just get to the end game, which is really all it is now. But, you know, I've been having fun doing that. So yeah. anyway, that that's me. That's what I've been up to. How about you, Chris? Well, I was playing the other night. I, I started um, playing Skyrim again. I don't know if you've ever played Skyrim. but No. 
it's probably the best Xbox game, but a lot of people play on the PC. Uh, it's considered one of the best, if not the best, sandbox game out there where you're not playing online with people. It's just a game. You're exploring the world, and you know you have your quests, which can you can choose to do or not do. You can um, you have the main thread of quests, but it's set in kind of this um, Nordic environment where it's cold, and it's based off of Oblivion, which is the previous game. Yeah, and then it's like the Elder Scrolls. I have Oblivion. No, that's right. Yes, yeah, so this is like the the one that came after yeah. Oblivion. Yeah. The problem with Oblivion, it starts out really slow. And yeah, I got it, bored with it and yeah, started playing DOC. I, I got bored <laughs> with, I it, with it when I first played it too, but I stuck with it and I was glad that I did. It's, okay, it's, it's I'm gonna really have to give game. that a try again. In fact, John of, um, of the old gaming group. Yeah. John considers Oblivion um, actually the one that came came before Oblivion. He considers the best game ever made, in in the, the his way that he exaggerates things. Uh, Morrowind, I think it's called. He said it's the best game ever, but then Oblivion came out after that, which improved upon it, but it's the same engine. It's made by Bethesda Games, who they do like um, Fallout, Fallout New Vegas, and um, a lot of those those types of games too. But So anyway, I was playing a lot of Skyrim. I tend to play Skyrim in the winter. It just fits the theme a little okay. bit. So there was that. I've got um, some news on Ultimate Okay. <laughs> One night ultimate, the, the new edition that came out. We were playing at Tim's Daybreak. Yeah, Daybreak. Um, there's some stories there. We'll have to save those perhaps for another time. Yeah, that's probably good. Yeah. It was nice that Sarah was there. Ahmad didn't make it, but Sarah came, so she got to play when we uh, used the expansion, and we had some good good times. We played uh, Cyclades. Okay. And I won again. I have this weird winning streak going with that game. I haven't lost with that game yet it's completely luck but i love that game it's so much fun well you know what we, we should probably review that game we i need, I need it. to play it's, it a couple more times and then we'll review it because right. I, I think it deserves a review it, it does deserve a review formula d so oh, i'm like, like you i'm not afraid to admit when a game is bad okay you know um you know and again it's all opinion but i i it was funny ryan was home uh, he missed game night because of his new baby, and we were playing this game Formula D, and I'm sitting around the table, and it's a it's a racing game where you're using dice, and the dice go up in increments as you shift gears in your car, and you're going around this large track, and I did I wasn't enjoying the game; it just wasn't my thing. Everybody loved it; they were having a good time, and they're shifting their gears, and their their cars are rolling big twenty sided dice, and. Uh, moving their cars around the track, and meanwhile, my car wouldn't start out of the gate. Nice. And I was just having some bad luck there, and so I, I just sat back in my chair and I was texting Ryan, who was at home with his baby, I'm like, "Have you ever played this game Formula D?" <laughs> and then he just does, "LOL, you probably hate it," kind of thing. So yeah, it wasn't my thing, but it, it ended up being fun that it wasn't fun, if that makes sense. Like we we were just kind of all goofing on the game yeah. at one point, but who then of course it? Dave came in the very end. And um, and one out of like last place at the very end nice. of the game, and it made like a nice story at the end. So I have a question um, about Formula. Well, who who brought Formula D first of all? I think it was, I think it was Joel. But Tim had a copy there, and Tim has played it. Okay, so brother. Tim is the guy. We actually meet at Tim's house because you guys don't know who Joel and Tim are. But Tim is the guy whose house we meet at on our Wednesday game groups. Right. And he comes to Gen Con with us, thing we talked about. And Joel is one of the guys that comes. And Joel is also a game designer. Um, we'll have to plug his game sometime. Yeah. 
And he's a listener too. Yeah, I think Joel is is honing in on the final copy too of yeah. the Battle. Battle's the name of his game. Okay, we'll yeah. have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, so I, I have to. When you played Formula D, did you play with the advanced rules where you had different pieces, components of your car that all independently took damage, or did you just no. have a general damage number? Um, when you say damage, you mean like transmission damage versus tire yeah, damage? Yeah. Yeah, they were individual. Okay, so I there's actually two versions, two ways to play that game. There's that that way, which is actually like the advanced rules. There might be even other ways to play. But there's a basic version, too, where there's just a generic damage number, and it's a lot less fiddly. You don't need to... And I like the basic version way better, but overall, I actually don't like Formula D either. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like one game we can agree on. Yeah, it just... It, yeah, it just wasn't my thing. So I actually... A game that I've, I've ordered that isn't come in, so it hasn't affected the magic number yet... Is an it's a actually a NASCAR themed game called Thunder Alley, but it's like a, a racing game where it's car driven and it's it's made by GMT like the company that makes all these war games like strategic war games. Interesting. And it's card based and it's some people have even said it's almost like a could be almost like a simulation of an actual NASCAR race where you're moving yet you to try to stay with the pack. If you get outside of the pack of cars, then you'll get behind. But like if you move forward the cars behind you will move forward with you because they're drafting behind you. So it sounds like an a-, a racing game that's actually strategic and not yeah, just rolling it's dice. It's worth trying it. So I can't wait to get that, but it'll probably be a while. What would you say is the most, uh, of all the shows on TV, would be the most apt to gaming, the gaming world that we know and love? Um, it had to be like a game show of some sort. What about a reality show? That had a, so, a strong social element. Okay, well, Survivor, maybe? Survivor. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a good enough segue from from our <laughs> the topic of our podcast to something else that happened over, over Christmas break. But um, I to make a long story short, I, I got lucky enough to win a raffle. That's that's another thing. I I somehow win an inordinate amount of, of, of drawings. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but... I had the nickname Ferris from the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off for years because just things would bounce my way like that. But any fans of the show Survivor, I got to um, uh, chat, or I haven't had the chat yet, but um, the contestant who came in second place overall. Spoiler alert, hold on. Hey, future Ryan here again. So if you don't want to hear a spoiler of the most recent season of Survivor, then fast forward to the 36-minute mark. Thanks for your extra work, Chris. Back to the show in three, two, one, go. The the contestant who came in second place, her name was Jacqueline. She, um, it's a, it's a, it's a long story what happened, but I won a prize that I get to talk to her. So it's kind of a thrill for me. I'm a big fan of Survivor. Ryan and I actually sent in videos to try to get on the show years ago, and it's a great social game. It's not a campy reality show like a lot of the ones you see. It's got there's a very strategic element to it. And yes, it is hammed up for TV. Yeah. And, you know, you got all these people running around on the island without food. Or clothes. Or clothes. You know, yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's geared toward getting people to watch. But there is a very strong gaming element to it. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to talking with her and um, learning a little bit about the inside info on the show and, and everything else. So that, that was kind of a thrill for me. We've been emailing and stuff. So uh, kind of a, a lucky and fun event in my time off and chris is understating his the amount of stuff like this that happens to him so the 
if you've not seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you you should go watch it because then it'll, it will make a lot more sense. Because it's like that character is based off of Chris. Yeah, here's a story. Ryan's right. So here's a story that I, I love telling the story. I don't know if you, you you had to have heard this, but you might not remember it. At work, I've been I just had this reputation for a while, and then when I came to Zurich, things would happen. That's where Ryan and I met. We worked at Zurich together, and things would happen. And we had Microsoft came in and did a big presentation. They were going to do a drawing down in the big theater, and Bob, he's another guy that Ryan and I worked with. He he said, you know, you're you're this whole thing about you winning all the time. You're, you're not going to win anything. And and I, I was telling him, no, you don't understand. It's just a weird thing that I, I always win stuff. Watch, they're going to do this raffle, and I'm going to win something. So they did their big presentation. They gave away like a bunch of stuff, and I didn't win anything. And so Bob is like, see, you know, you, you didn't win anything. He just loved rubbing that in. So as we're walking out, uh, Kathy, who was our boss at the time, she had won a Microsoft windbreaker but she's like a, a director level person didn't want to it wasn't fair she didn't think it was fair for her to win so just as i'm walking out she just happens to look at me says here chris t- you, you take this awesome and it, that was that was just on the way out so i looked at pop and i said see wow yeah so you i've actually won a raffle before really yeah that surprises me i was actually at a um i think it was a an ihl hockey game and you know how they they draw like random seats they actually drew my seat out of like 9,000 seats. Wow. And you know what I won? What? Like a 12-pack of Coke. <laughs> so, hey, it's better than nothing. That's my one raffle win. Dave and I went to Vegas, and we went to a presentation. Uh, you know, it was like a, the Gen Con gaming hall, but it was a vendor hall of, instead of gaming companies, it was tech companies, and yeah. some of them would give stuff away. So I spun, I just we just went by, and I spun this, the wheel, because they were, come on, just spin the wheel. And and I, I w- there was one thing that I was targeting that I wanted to win. I can't remember what it was. It was some techware or some something techy that was it looked cool and as a free item I would have loved it. And I didn't win and I was like, Oh, too bad. But then the, the woman who was running it, she just said, Oh my god, you won the, the grand prize or whatever and it was it was um it wasn't that good, I don't think, but it was their their most expensive thing, which was like a five year license for their software. Wow. So you'd have to want their software, but it was monetarily it was the the big one. Well, what's funny is you won the grand prize, but you didn't even want it. I didn't want it, and, yeah. and honestly, when I got it, I didn't even install it. Nice, <laughs> but yeah. So, but the pinnacle of the things that I've won was this past Christmas break when I won um, the chance to speak with Jacqueline. It's like completely crazy. In fact, Ryan was watching; he was catching up on the end of Survivor and. We were just talking about this before the podcast, and Ryan's emailing me, and yeah, I've got to the epi- the third from the last episode, and he's making predictions on what's going to happen. And meanwhile, I'm emailing with Jacqueline, who was on the show, and came to all the way to the end, and it was a surreal moment for me to be having these two conversations that were so different but related. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun for me. And the only other news, so if we're still talking about Christmas break and yeah. like other off-topic things so i'm writing a book and the book will be out soon and i'll be sure to promote that <laughs> quite heavily in the in the coming months in the podcast but it's not a gaming book it's just something i did in my free time um, it's called the angriest angel i have a website angriestangel.com and i'll talk more about the book later but i've been working on the book and finalizing that and uh, it's kind of an exciting thing for me so cool. 
and Chris has another book too. So yeah. if you go to yeah, his I, website, I, you could find it. It's if you go, if you go to um, dharmarevelation.com, that's my other book. But uh, we won't we won't get too much into that now. Okay. To be a great champion, you must believe you are the best. If you are not, pretend you are. Chris, there's a new segment I'd like to start that I haven't even told oh, you about. Oh, not a new segment. Another new segment. So I, I'm, I'm dubbing this the fake it till we make it segment. What exactly does that mean? Our intentions when we started this podcast, ultimately what we're trying to accomplish is to become a member of the Dice Tower Network. So the Dice Tower Network is the, a network of podcasts, but all of my favorite po- podcasts are on the Dice Tower Network. And so, you know, we're kind of working towards that goal. So I emailed the guy who's in charge of the of the Dice Tower Network, Tom Vassell, and I asked him, I'm like, you know, could we like be contributors to your show? Because on his, they do like this variety show for their podcast, and they have all these contributors. Like they'll like ask a question, and then all these contributors will give their answers, and then they they put them all together and play it, you know, play them back on the podcast. So you hear all these different contributors, like they're like their answers to these questions or whatever that they, that they ask. Like, uh, so I asked him if we could be contributors, even though we're not members of the dice tower network, but could we just add our voice to the, you know, to the contributors as like answering this questions that you do every week. They're like gaming related questions. And, you know, I kind of expected this, but he's like, you know, the, those contributor spots are reserved for people on the network. And, and I'm like, fine. So what I've decided to do is we're just going to pretend we're on the dice tower network. So I'm going to take their questions that they ask, and we're just going to answer them as if we're on the network. So we're going to fake it till we make it, and then one day, you know, we can end the segment hopefully because we're we're really we're really there. We've really arrived in the Dice Tower Network. That's not a bad plan. Yeah. So the, this week's uh, question was, what is your gaming resolution for 2015? So do you want me to go first? Yes, please. Okay. So here's my gaming resolution, and this is where my shelves come in. I mentioned I was going to talk about my shelves again. So my gaming resolution is to get my magic number below 20 by the end of oh, the year. that's not going to happen. So, and notice I'm not saying I want to get to zero. I'm no, saying, that's, that's true. I'm saying I want to get it below 20. And so what does that mean? There's a lot of ways to accomplish that. One could be, you know, maybe some of these games that have been sitting on my shelf for a long time, maybe they're not interesting enough for me to actually play them, so I should just get rid of them somehow, sell them. Uh, obviously playing more games and buying less. You know? Buying less, I think that's the key. Right that's, that's an important one. And this is where my shelves come in. So I put these shelves up, you know, and when I'm, when I'm looking at these, these empty shelves the OCD starts kicking in like I want to fill those shelves up. <laughs> but then it it occurred to me that once those shelves are full, I'm like out of space. So there's no more no more incoming games after that. So I've decided to m- kind of back it back off a little bit on the purchases. I don't want to put any new games in that shelf unless I'm convinced. So you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, your OCD is more powerful than your addiction. Um no, I don't your, know if your, I'm your, saying that or not. Your OCD, your your OCD is what is 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 putting the brakes. No, no, no. You actually have it backwards. My my OCD is what's making me want to fill the shelves as soon as possible. Yeah, but you're worried that they're going to be full. No, I want them to be full. Oh, I see. Because there's empty spaces. It's <laughs> okay. it's it bothers so your addiction me. Addiction is stronger. Yeah. So OCD. I want 
I want the That's what I, I want the thought. addiction to last as long as possible. And the only way that can happen is if I am smarter about the games I put on my shelf. So I'm trying to be way more picky about what games I actually buy. And and the way I'm doing that is actually watching full video reviews of games, maybe even reading rules beforehand, because now I, I have a better but idea when you, of what when I you like. When you watch the video reviews of the games or the walkthroughs, do you ever watch that and think, this is not a game that I want to play? Yes. Because I would think that just knowing you... It would almost pull you in even more. No, so I I actually do have specific tastes, and um, when I watch a video review now, if if I'm not if I'm not pulled in, I just don't even have. Well, what's an list. example of a game we all might know that you don't like, and you you if if you were to go back in history, you would have not bought that game. Um, one example is Ghost Stories. Have you played Ghost Stories? I have not. So Ghost Stories is a cooperative game. I, wait, wasn't that Imad's favorite yeah, game of all Imad time? Yeah, loves this game. So a friend of ours it, it, it was always lobbying for us to, to try this game, and I've never played it. I've heard him talk about it. I actually bought the iPad game yeah. because of his passion for playing it, and I never, I just never got around to it. It wasn't anything against the game, yeah. but I've never played it. So you're saying you would not buy that game? Well, I, this is the thing. I own that game, and I'm probably going to get rid of it. And okay. it's a very popular game. Uh, what is it you don't like about it? So I... The time that I played this with Ahmad, actually, Ahmad visited, Ahmad and Sir visited us um, over the break, and I and I was showing Ahmad my shelves, and I was like, you know, that game right there, Ghost Stories, I'm like, I don't really like that game, I'm probably going to get rid of it, and it, I drove him crazy, because wow, he loves it, and I and he was asking me why, and I've only played the game one time, and it was with him, him and Sarah, and um, I think Nathan, Nathan's another guy, and Sarah's Ahmad's wife, and then Nathan is our, is our other friend at the game group, and what happened in that game was... So Ahmad always talks about co-ops like he likes that you're working together towards a common goal. Right. So it's supposed to be like this happy, joyful experience of right. like working together towards success. But when we played the game, actually what ended up happening is we were arguing about what to do because everyone had a different idea of how we could win. And it was actually a very negative experience uh -huh, for me. And it kind of soured me to co-ops in general, just that... And it's nothing against a mod or Sarah, like they or anyone that was involved. They they knew the game very well, and I was brand new to it, so I wasn't really involved in much of the discussion. But so it wasn't so much ghost stories that was the problem; it was the co-op dynamic. That was right. The so I'm. I what made me what it made me realize is I don't think I actually like heavily strategic cooperative games where you actually it's like a puzzle that you're working together to figure out because those tend to be the ones where too much debate too much debate and there might be one person like an alpha gamer who's trying to control everything and then that's just not fun right um so yeah that one's on i have a little cube in my shelves of games i'm probably getting rid so of does that mean shadows over camelot is on the bubble too no because that one's not as strategic i mean it is but um, Shadows over Camelot is my like replacement right now for Battlestar. Like I don't like Battlestar anymore, but like, I, again another co-op game. But I like I know, but I like Shadows over Camelot. Yeah, and actually the same it's the same reason. Yeah, like there's like, an argument happen in a co-op game that made me not like it. Yeah. So yeah, so that that's an example. Okay. So there are some. I mean, generally I know what I already know kind of what games are out there and which ones interest me. And a lot of the games I played over break are games that I wouldn't buy, but my friends own them, and I, I'm happy to play them, but I probably wouldn't buy them. So you're 
So to, to summarize your gaming resolutions for 2015, get your magic number below 20. Right. Play more games. Right, which is part of that. And and buy less games. Yeah. Gotcha. And call unwanted games. It's, it's a good it's a good goal, but what are the odds that you will succeed? Because we will come back in December and review this and see if you did indeed get below twenty. I don't know. If I were betting, if I were a betting man and I am. Maybe we should bet some digital coins. Oh, I would I would put it all on that you won't make it below twenty. But the problem with betting you on this though is then it'll motivate motivate it. Yeah. Right. But if I if I were betting somebody else there's no way. Well, we should we should place a wager, just something simple. But you're, then you'll be motivated. To but win, not then. not if it's not anything that spectacular. All right, we'll figure that out. If I win, you have to come to a game day at my house. At my house, that's not that much of a punishment. But that's I like an hour like away. You that, would normally though. not do that because it's so far. All right, but then what if I win? I don't know. We'll figure that out yeah. later. All right, we'll talk about that. That's fun. <laughs> we'll share the details. So how about you? So my New Year's resolution for 2015 with regard to gaming uh it's not as interesting as yours i think but it's 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 a good it's it's a noble goal it's more much more noble than your goal because i think it affects everybody not just myself and i'm serious about this i'm going on record my goal in 2015 is not to annoy anybody and and ryan is laughing he's laughing so hard that you can't even hear it right now it, there's a lot of truth to to, to this the, the the issue. So without getting into the stories too much, uh, we can tie this back into when we get into the OCD versus ADHD. But uh, sometimes I tend to colorize the conversation during a game, or make outrageous statements, or say things that may be considered extreme. Uh, and I'm not going to make excuses yet for why that happens but my goal is to be a good player and and to have fun but not to annoy anybody now i don't know i don't know i i may have less of a chance of making my goal than you do (laughs) but i think if you can get under 20 then i cannot annoy anybody that's well yeah that's gonna be hard (laughs) you don't have to say that especially if we play uh Social deduction games that involve <laughs> lickanthropes. <and> <laughs> right, right, right. Because those are the ones where you tend that tends to happen more. Well, I think resistance has a higher percentage of that, honestly. Hmm. But there are plenty of ways I can annoy you when we play. So not on purpose, mind you. I'm not. I don't want to throw myself under the bus. Right. But we'll get more into this later. But I'm honestly, I and it's. You can vouch for me on this. I'm not a sore loser. It has nothing to do with losing. Right. It's a matter of the games losing my attention and me just needing to vocalize thoughts that should otherwise be filtered. Right. That's the problem. And so I'm going to focus on that. I do have one other goal for 2015, which isn't really related to gaming, but maybe it is a little bit. Do you ever watch those shows? Um, There's a show Penn and Teller have out... um, it's called the greatest wizard, or something with the wizard, or it, what they're doing is they're trying to pick the next great magician, okay. and it's kind of like America's Got Talent, but just the magicians are, are doing their acts, and they're trying to make it entertaining, and uh, the, the judges critique them, and, and you get to see some interesting magic tricks. But it's a very hot trend right now. It's very hot in this industry, and I'm not a magician. I'm not really even that into it. I just find it kind of entertaining. Where they try to deduct something that you're thinking, 
or deduce. Oh yeah, they, yeah. They deduce. Yeah, what, yeah. It's it's called mentalism. Yeah. That's like a it's like a branch of magicianing where they. They 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 write something down ahead of time and then they they get you to pick a card or pick but they some can color. they try to predict your what your answers yeah. are going to be and they manipulate you you too it's it's they're partially manipulating you but it's impossible to manipulate you to the level that they do oftentimes and so they pull out a folded piece of paper that they put in your hand before they started or something and it says the the ace of hearts or whatever and that's the card that you pick from the deck and you know that kind of thing. Well, anyway, the reason I'm saying all this, my goal for 2015, because that has been driving me crazy. Oh, how they do it? I, I'm going to figure out how they do it. I'm one of those people that when I watch something like that, when, if I know what they do and I, and I figure out how they do it, I'm not entertained at all. But if I don't know what they're doing, I'll rewind it and watch again and I'll become obsessed with trying to figure out how they did it. Because, I, you know, there's not really magic happening. They're not... They don't have superpowers, so there, there's a trick right. of some sort. And right. and for whatever reason, I, I I take it way too seriously. And just as a general item on my list for this year, I'm going to figure out how they do that. Yeah. And you know what? Because it's the kind of guy I am, I'll report it back on the podcast by December with a full report of, of my How findings. they do it? Absolutely. Now, we might want to do a spoiler alert on that one, too. We'll, we'll warn you ahead of time in case you don't want to know. Okay, fair enough. All right, and you know I do have a non-gaming one that honestly I don't even make gaming resolutions or New Year's resolutions typically because I I don't know. But lately I've been thinking like I've owned a, a guitar since I was in high school, and I took lessons in high school, and then ever since then it's just been sitting. It actually is in my game room. I took it out. It's like sitting out like my acoustic guitar. So I I, I want to just learn guitar enough to just play something you know just play a song i don't even think i'll be able to sing and play but just be able to like strum a song i think you should sing a song with your guitar no, on I'm the not next doing podcast because i can't sing <laughs> but maybe i'll sing a song we'll do you get... know how entertaining that would be though <laughs> that, they would have to pay us a lot for me to do that okay uh but anyway so that might be my if i were to say i had one that's something i've been thinking about that i'd like to do so that was that was this week's question so next week, the question is, what is the best game of 2010? You mean 2014? 2010. So they're going back uh, five years. They do this every year. Oh, so they go back okay. five years, 10 years, and like 15 years. So right on next week, they're going back to 2010. Well, when this, when this is posting, it'll be this week. So what is the best game of 2010? So that's a game that was released in 2010. Right. And this is purely based off of board game geeks release dates so this was a very easy one for me when i looked at the list because my number one game was released in 2010 that's alien your, your number one game of all time of all time alien frontiers it happened to be 2010 it happened so to be 2010 very easy alien frontiers um so but i did want to give an honorable honorable mention to a game called rivals for Catan, and I'm not going to go into huge detail about this game, but this wasn't in my top 10, but it's, it is a, one of my, one, a game that I like a lot. It's a two-player game. So those of you who like the game Settlers of Catan, you probably at some point were wishing that you could play it with two players. Like for me, I had that game for a really long time, and like Esther and I would play it two players, but you're not supposed to because it's broken, especially the trading. It's just silly. Well, Rivals for Catan is a card game version of Catan that's designed to play with two players. And it feels like Catan. A lot of the same 
scoring and everything is, is in there. And plus there's uh, the cards that do special things and stuff. So I really like it. So honorable mention goes to Rivals for Catan. Yeah, th- this is might not be the most interesting answer, but for me, the best game in 2010 would also be Alien Frontiers. Wow. So Seven Wonders is definitely in the running. I love Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders is a, is a lot of fun. It's a, I like any game that you could get done in half an hour is is got to be a good game, right? So Seven Wonders for sure deserves an honorable mention. But Alien Frontiers, as you said, it, it, you know it's your best game ever, and it's that it's that way for a reason. It's well balanced. It's got a good mechanic. The theming is very good, uh, and there's multiple ways to win. Yeah, we've covered that game in the past. And talked about it uh, at more length. But yeah, I would say Alien Frontiers, best game of 2010. You know what's what's great about this? This is a great moment for me. Because I don't know if you remember your top 10 list. I, I knew you were going to bring but that up. But Seven Wonders was in your top 10. And when I said Alien Frontiers, you told me that it was wrong. Yeah. Since then, you've played it again. I know. You, 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 so, you remember those details pretty well. I'm sure our listeners remember this too, but I'm kind of looking forward to the next time we do our top 10 because I think both of our top 10s are going to change. Yeah. The one thing I'm, I'm one of those people that if I make a declaration, I won't stick by it just because I made it. I'll admit that, you know, either my tastes have changed or I've learned something new and I'll, I'll change my, my, um, my opinion based on how I feel and what the truth is rather than saying, no, I, I, I'm going down with the ship. Settlers of Catan is my best game of 2010. <laughs> to be honest, I really, I think I only played Alien Frontiers one time. Right, and it was a year before we did the top 10. Right. So, when all is said and done, Alien Frontiers is probably, it's probably a better game. It's just in general. Seven Wonders is better in some circumstances. Right. Though. Like with, depending on the group of people you're with. Big groups, for example. Big groups. Yeah. Right, right. So, so Seven Wonders definitely worthy game right but alien frontiers would get the get the nod so wanted to move on to uh a listener question so we asked uh, our listeners to email us a question if they had one we'd answer it on the show and we are true to our word and our fan bonnie thank you bonnie you know sometimes i just feel like we're making this podcast because bonnie is listening well, I, I'd like to imagine that Bonnie is sitting at the table with yeah. us, and she's a member of the group. She's she's one of the gamers with us. Uh, we have we have other listeners too. Yeah, Mo, for example. Mo is he's at the table. With he's us. been uh, you know twittering with us. And, yeah. You know, I have a couple of like you know friends, real life friends that listen too. They're at the table too. We like to consider anybody who's listening as part of our gaming group, even though we talk about you, you'll hear us use names you don't recognize. It's we're all kind of one gaming group here, right. and and we're all at the table. And Chris and I right now we're sitting in this conference room that has one, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's like twelve empty chairs. So yeah. we want to fill all these chairs with our fans. You yeah. know. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna fill them with our fans. You guys give us feedback. You'll you get a seat at the table. That's right. So Bonnie and Mo, you guys are sitting here with us right now. Uh, but Bonnie sent in a great question, and here's I'm gonna read it verbatim. I'm gonna read Bonnie's email. She said, "Question." What was your best gaming experience of 2014, be it playing a new hotness and thusly your favorite game of 2014, or just a general time of gaming this year that you won't forget because it was that great? Thanks again for having a great podcast, Ryan and Chris. Love listening. Bonnie, a.k.a. Mad Bonna. So, you know what? Thanks, Bonnie. It's a great question. And and thanks for the just 
that that little line at the end there is really encouraging to us. I want to make sure you guys know that. Uh, anytime we get like any kind of positive feedback like that, it it is it gives us ten times more energy to make the show good for you guys. So, Chris, what was your? No, I want to I want to hear your start with me. best game, best gaming experience of two thousand fourteen. Okay, well, you know what? I actually spent a good amount of time thinking about this because. I did a lot of gaming this year, probably more than any last other year. year. Well, now it's last year, right. in 2014. I did a lot of gaming. Of course, there's Gen Con, which is always a great yeah. time. But, you know, I, I have to admit that when Esther was pregnant, it was a kind of a stressful time for me. And then the baby was born. And if you've ever had a child, uh, if you're listening to this, you probably you can relate to this. Those first, like two or three weeks are just like, it's like you're in the trenches dealing with it with the newborn. It's like, you're not sleeping. It's overwhelming. I, I I completely banned myself from caffeine with the sole purpose of being able to sleep on a, like a split second decision. Like, Oh, the baby's asleep. I can sleep right now. Yeah. It's just that extreme. And where this is all going, my best gaming experience was after the baby was born, we were home. We're kind of coming out of the trenches in a way. And the first time that Esther and I got a chance to sit down and play a board game together after the baby was born. I, th- I think that out of everything that I did gaming-wise, that was the best for me. What game was it? So we, we played this game uh, called Biblios, which is this little card game. It has like an auctioning element. It's a quick game, you know, and, and sometimes it's hard to find. Esther does like games. She plays a lot of games with me. You know, she... She likes them because I like them. In some games, she doesn't like at all. So it's kind of hit or miss. And this game, we played it, and she's like, wow. She's like, she basically said, I like this game. You found a good game. And like that was very fulfilling for me because I'm always... The reason I got into gaming was actually finding games to play with Esther. That was the whole in- initial reason. And then I found all these other people that played it, and it became more of a, of a hobby that I did outside of uh, the home as well. But, but So we sat down and played this game, Biblios. And had a great time. I think we played it three times in a row. We just played three games in a row of videos. And she enjoyed it too. Yeah. And, you know, she told me that she liked it and that, I mean, she, I didn't ask her if she liked it. She told me that she liked it. That's, there's a big difference there. And she said, I like this. You found, you really found a good game. Yeah. And so just, just, it was like my life was returning back to some level of normalcy and that that was kind of the defining moment. So that, that had happening. a lot to do with the moment, too, yes, and the the time of your life that you were in at that time, rather than the game itself, right? But but it still fits the question, right? And it's a moment, like as Bonnie said, it's a moment you won't forget. That's right. Yeah, you're 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 right. What what you said to lead off your answer is exactly right about thinking hard for this question. Yeah, because this it's a. There are so many to choose from that I can pick gaming moments that I would look at as like I'll, I'm always going to remember that. And it really came down to two, even though there's a lot more than two. As you know, we played a lot of Yee-haw! a lot of One Night Ultimate. Yee-haw! Right? Yes, I'm using the W word if it's still there. Um, the the uh, Daybreak mm-hmm. One Night Ultimate Yee-haw! Daybreak, right? And we had a lot of classic games there, um, but I think it came down to two things, and I don't want to cop out and pick two. I don't know if Bonnie will let me do that. If I'm forced to pick one, it would be the Witch Hunt game 
the one that you didn't get to play. Okay. Because just the way that I watched a lot of it, it though. You watched a lot of it though. You we've talked about this moment when you're playing a game for the first time or second time or early, early on when you're learning the game and it clicks. Mm-hmm. It's that moment where you can see the engine working and what the game is all about. I don't know how to explain it any better than that, but it just kind of crystallizes. There's that moment when Witch Hunt which we were helping them kind of beta test when that came together. And I realized the game was brilliant on many levels. It has issues that they're working out as we talked about previously. I was sitting there playing that game and I made a a really key move in the game at the time. And I just loved, I loved the moment. It's a very social game. There's a lot of people there. The people that were out of the game were all watching. So there's a big, uh, what's the word? Um, there's like a lot of attention on the game. There's a lot of fans watching. I don't know what the what that is. You know, like if you ever even like at, fanfare at, at Tim's fanfare. Like even at Tim's, sometimes we're playing and there's yeah, there's like people. It's there's a lot. People it's crowding around, especially toward the end of the game. Yeah. You know, and a game like that, people are getting eliminated slowly, and it's coming down to the. It's boiling down to a a pinnacle moment, and that moment was great. And then the game ended in a really bad way. Right. As far as we didn't win, but. But the game itself was so much fun. We metagamed for, I, I don't even know how long we metagamed for. I would have to pick that. Okay. But I'd like to mention the runner-up anyway. Okay. Uh, I don't, were you there when we played the Resistance game? Uh, was that you when it was, when Megan was the spy? It was Megan and uh, Aras? That might have been one of the nights that I that one that played games with Nathan or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. There was a game of Resistance that we played. And resistance is this the the typical example of a game where uh, it, it, where my resolution for 2015 comes into play. I, I I struggle with resistance with with being likable during the game because because if I'm you know it's it's an identity game. You're you're either the spy or you're the resistance, and you have different goals based on who you are. And so there's a lot of deducting going on during the game, and I, I'm oftentimes accused of being the witch, whatever, uh, Cylon. Um, traitor. The, traitor, yeah. yeah. Um, because maybe I talk a lot or I'm not trustable or, or whatever that, that reason is. So I was I was labeled in, the, in this game of resistance in that way, and I was throwing Dave and Tim under the bus the whole game, two other guys in our gaming group, who I was convinced they were the spies. They were convinced I was the spy. Meanwhile, uh, Joel and Megan were manipulating everybody. They were playing a brilliant game, and they were getting us fighting with each other. And we were we were at each other's throats. I, I wanted to strangle both of those guys, and I'm sure they wanted to strangle me. And 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 Tim, Dave, and I were going at it all game, all game. And, you know, the resistance had won it's it's the best out of uh, five yeah. wins, and we were at two and two. We're coming down to the last round, and right in that last round, we figured out that the three of us kind of figured out who the spies were, and we we were. It's hard to it's hard to make you appreciate this moment. But we were we were so annoyed with each other all game, right. but we all came to the same conclusions around the same time, and we're all really good friends and. To, to be able to overcome it, we were at the point where we literally were saying, you know what, let, let's just, even if we're, even if we're right, it doesn't matter. Let's just lose anyway. Because we were so frustrated with each other that we just wanted to reveal our cards and figure out who, right. who, who the spies were. But I said, no, 
no, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out and do it because we 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 know who the two spies are. We just need to to do this right. And we the three of us put down our our knives that we were stabbing each other with all night, and we worked together in that final five or ten minutes or however long it was. We we decided on the two spies who were playing a brilliant game, and we ended up winning the game. And we were. It, we we did such a 180 from wanting to strangle each other to high fiving each other after the game. I'll never forget that moment either. So I hope that's okay that I mentioned that as a as a runner up. <laughs> no, that was great. It, and you know, it's not just for Reed. I know you're listening. It's not. It's the resistance. It's not. Completely different. Yeah, we're not talking about. They're not tonight. related in any way whatsoever. You meet someone new and then five seconds after they've introduced themselves, you already forgot their name. No matter how hard you try to focus, whenever you're reading something like a book or a textbook, you read every single word on the page, you hear every single word in your head, yet five pages down the road, you have no idea what's going on or how you got there. You look at someone straight in the eyes and rather than paying attention to what they're saying, you're trying to decide which eye you normally look at. Is it the left eye or the right eye? Or maybe it's the nose. Or the mouth. Or maybe you're supposed to look at the face as a whole, but you already forgot how to do that because now all you see is a bunch of face parts. So, you- so speaking of annoying thought we'd move into our discussion topic for the night where we're going to talk about things that might be annoying whereas i might have traits about me that are annoying to chris and vice versa and why is that well it's about disorders and how disorders can affect the game and we're not just talking about personalities because everybody's got a different personality everybody's got friends who are you know you got, you got the the crazy uncle. You got the the brother who's can't get a job or you know whatever. Everybody's got quirks. This is different. This is this is these are more than just quirks. These are true disorders that don't just affect you during the game night. They affect you every day of your life and everything you do. And if I may, just give one quick story for our listeners about the Lord of the Rings calendar. Is it okay if I tell that story? <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay, it's a classic story. And it, it nicely encapsulates our theme. So Ryan and I used to work together, and I had a Lord of the Rings calendar when the movies first came out. And, you, you know, it's one of those calendars you, you rip the days off one at a time. And there's a nice picture of a still shot of Aragorn with a sword or whatever for each day. Each day had something different. And I am 100% not OCD. That's Ryan. Ryan. Ryan is very obsessive, very compulsive, and things have to be a certain way with him. And I'm... Not only am I not that way, I'm almost the opposite of that way. So what would happen is my Lord of the Rings calendar would get out of sync. I would forget to rip the dates off or just not care, or sometimes I would like the picture that was on there, and I would just leave it up for a while. And Ryan would come by my desk and say, Chris, what's wrong with your calendar? Like, well, nothing. It's, I'm just, I'll get to that later. I'm like, no, I, you, need to, you need to change the date. It, today's not the 9th. Today's the, the 14th. Move on, man. Come on. Get, get the dates right. I said, is it really that important? And to make a long story short, uh, one day I came into work and my calendar was missing from my desk. And I didn't think much of it at the time, but eventually I found out Ryan took my calendar and, and he's like, hey, you're missing your calendar? It's like, did you take it? Yeah, he, he took my calendar and said, until I can prove that I'm responsible enough. <laughs> To rip the dates off properly and leave the dates synced up, I'm I can't have it back, and so um, totally justified, <laughs> I might add. Yeah, um, so I just thought I would share that story. You know, it's a calendar of Lord of the Rings. How great could a picture be that you actually want to leave it up there for multiple days? It's not not that great. It's more of a I didn't really care. 
Yeah. Album. So that's kind of, I don't want to dwell too much on, on that story, but that that sort of mentality, when you're put in the gaming situation, you know, you're gathered with your friends, you're on the table, you're having fun, you know, you're immersing yourself, whether it's something in the, the theming of the game, you're rolling dice, whatever whatever you're doing. These quirks work themselves into the game more than you'd think. Right. And, you know, before we get into this, I, and before we start poking fun of these, di- quote-unquote, disorders. Well, they're disorders. These disorders. They're, the Ds yeah. are disorder. Uh, yeah. I thought maybe – I wanted to just plainly state one thing. I don't – I'm not actually diagnosed with obsessive-compulsive disorder. But, but I, if you but went I to a psychiatrist, you would be. I lean towards it. Chris, Chris, I thought maybe you could talk a little bit – Maybe a little bit more seriously, just before we start, sure. about ADHD and what exactly it is. And- ADHD is a very misunderstood disorder. It's one of the few, if you look at the the different conditions out there, things you may be born with, uh, not many of them are named for the symptoms. They're named, you know, like after the doctor that, it, that founded it or th- different things like that. ADHD, it, it really has nothing to do with hyperactivity or attention. Right. And the, what does it stand for? It, attention taste? Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Okay. But, but, it, but those are just symptoms. What it really is is it's something you're born with. That's why it shows itself in, in kids a lot because you're born with it. It's not something that happens because of conditions in your life or if you hit your head or it's not something like that. You're, it's some, it's, chromosome 16 or something there's a there's a flaw there that manifests itself where your brain is physically different than a normal person and because of that um, it leads to problems Um, most oftentimes this uh, desire to shut down where you um, you just lose interest in everything and you just want to space out and in order to do that you become hyper, like that's where the leg bouncing comes in. You, your body is telling you do things to keep awake, keep your attention on on this. Um, don't shut down. If I'm listening to somebody talk, I'll interrupt them constantly. I'm I'm always interrupting people because they're not getting, they're not keeping my attention. It's not their fault. I'm just having trouble keeping uh, focused on what they're saying. So uh, it has a lot to do with inattentiveness with with um, not being um, able to focus and things like that. But one of the interesting things about disorders, and this isn't just true of ADHD, but anything, even even things like blindness or se- real serious life-threatening disorders, when you have a flaw in you like that, you compensate subconsciously, and parts of your mind may become enhanced. And it doesn't always happen. But, you know, I've... I've talked with a lot of people i'm in like cognitive therapy and all kinds of stuff for adhd some people become almost gifted it's 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 kind of like if you're blind but you can hear really well or if 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 you're you you're hearing impaired and you make up for it with other other um enhanced senses it's just the body's way of coping and the same is true with adhd there's some people that are extremely creative there's something my doctor talked about called uh, hyper-focusing, where you can focus on multiple things at the same time and partition them in, in a way that seems natural to you, but a, a normal person wouldn't think that way. But for ADHD, there, okay, here's a good example that I use when I explain this to people. is There's that saying, uh, you can't see the forest for the trees, which is a weird saying, but what it essentially means is you see all the trees individually and you can't see the forest as a whole. It's just a saying people use that they're not getting the big picture. Mm-hmm. ADHD is the exact opposite of that. We 
can't see individual trees. We don't see details. We're, we're driven not to see them because when we do see them, we forget. We, we, they're in and out. We see the forest. We see the patterns. We'll see things as a whole. This goes into our strategy and tactic, tactics discussion we had where, you know, I could look at a game board and see something completely different than somebody else sees. When we were playing Power Grid, for example, um, it was Dave, Dave and Tim. I can't remember who were playing, but, you know, a couple of our, our friends are very good at, at thinking way ahead and organizing their thoughts and getting details. This is what I need to bid. These are the resources I need to get. And they're thinking not just for this turn, but for next turn. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even the turn after that, because it's an end game scenario. And I learned very quickly that my mind, I, I just simply can't do that. I do enjoy games like that. Power Grid Dominion is another game like that, where you have to think ahead a little bit. And you have the information you need in order to do that. So with with games like that, I'll play for the just because it's fun and it's my friends playing the games. But I have a very, very slim chance of winning games like that, because they're so detail-oriented. But when it comes to other games like Cyclades and some of the games where you can see everything, but but it's very tactical. It's like now and then the the game is going to change next turn. You can't think ahead because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the games I tend to do better at than the detail-oriented games. So okay. ADHD really hampers your ability to see details and remember details. Okay, you know, like you could tell me tell me a couple numbers right now and I won't remember them later. You know, things like that. It's very difficult. Um, for me, my kids, um, I have, I have an 18 year old and a, and a 20 year old. It's hard to believe they're even that old. But we were watching um, Finding Nemo the other night, and my son always jokes with me that um, if anybody's seen the movie, there's a the fish on there that Ellen DeGeneres does the voice for. She forgets everything all the time. You know, she has no short term memory. She'll sort of hear something and then right. forget it. That's me. That's that's what happens to me all the time. Where somebody will tell me something and then I'll, I'll forget it. You know, I watch sitcoms. I can watch reruns of things and laugh because I don't remember the, the, some of the things that happen. Okay. So in, in a way, it's almost it's almost a blessing sometimes because it's fresh again. But but it's frustrating when people expect you to remember details right. that you just can't. So ADHD comes in that, that comes into play with gaming. The, the big one with gaming. And I think this is what you were getting at initially is. The ability to keep my attention on a game. And because that becomes a struggle, games like Shadows Over Camelot, where there's a lot of co-op going on, or anything that the turns may take along, I will get very edgy. And everybody can get edgy and impatient when they have to wait, but it's different with me. I have a, I can't even explain it. It's, it's, um, it's impossible for me not to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And my phone, and everybody's got these cell phones now, the smartphones, it's it saved me so many times because I could just go on there and do something, and at least it occupies my mind like a dog, like a dog's toy. Mm-hmm. And they just like can chew on their toy, and like it, it occupies them. It's giving my mind something to do so that I don't go insane while I'm waiting. And But it's also rude. Like, people don't want to see me take my smartphone out right. and start texting, like texting you in the middle of, of uh, Formula D. Uh, Formula D. It's, it's not socially acceptable to continually do that. But that's one of the more socially acceptable things I could do versus popping off at people. Right. So as we're kind of going through these, because we've started to kind of jump into the uh, the traits, how, how these, these uh, quirks, I guess, from these 
disorders manifest themselves in games. So Chris is mentioning this one where he can lose his attention quickly. So I, I'd like to explain as you as as you give something like a trait of like an ADHD gamer, I'm going to tell you how it impacts the OCD gamer. Okay. So me as the OCD gamer, uh, because I'm OCD, this is what I do for every game that I teach on a Wednesday night. I want you to know what I go through to prepare. Oh my God. So that we can play the game. So first of all, I open I open the game up. I punch it all out. I carefully organize it into a containers, like you know, Plano boxes. Um, I have all kinds of stuff. Just I have stashes of boxes and uh, special uh, uh, bands to put around cards and baggies of different sizes. I have all this stuff in my game room to organize the game. Okay, this is something. So I spend at least thirty to forty five minutes doing that. Wow. Okay. Then I set the whole game up ahead of time. I read through the rules. And then I play. I play like by myself. I play the game to learn how to play it. And I and I, I spend probably at least an hour or more. So what's an example of a game you've done this for recently? Any any game that I've ever taught you. I've Caverna. Done yeah, Caverna. Although Caverna was a little different because I had just bought it and I didn't have a chance to do all this. And I had played it before. But like Spirium, that game that you hated. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I spent time doing this with that game. Okay. So I I, I spend. So that's that's almost two hours of my time that I've spent. So my I, and even before that, I do all this research. I think about okay, who's in the game group, what kind of games do they like, and honestly, a lot of times, Chris, I'm thinking about you because um, you're like the the con- the least common denominator. In other words, if I like a game, everybody will like it. Right, and and there you have the you're the most likely right. to not like it. Right. So I'm I'm a lot of times thinking if you'll like it or not, and so you know sometimes. I'll pick games that I bring to our game nights specifically with that in mind. And I'm trying to avoid the situation of you being on your phone. I understand. So, so, and so how this affects the OCD gamer is like, I, I spent all this time obsessively preparing for this game. So I could like, we have the perfect scenario. We sit down, I understand the rules. I can teach them flawlessly. We can get into the game quickly. So when I see like, uh, like the ADHD gamer, like checking out of the game or zoning out it's like it really uh affects me like it, it makes me upset you start getting upset like yeah. i start to not have fun because my whole thing has been like obsessively preparing this perfect game experience and it, it's like it's <laughs> failed and i have to i have to sit there and endure it failing and then not only that it's not just you by the way it's it's not just you on the phone but sometimes they'll be like the negative comments or someone will say something about how i didn't tell them an important rule you know, anything like that will drive me crazy, and I and I, you know, I bottle it up. I don't. Is that an OCD thing, or is that just you, just the way you are? No, I think it's I think it's related to the my obsessive of trying because you put so much trying to have it. the perfect game experience, and it it's like it's like it failed, and like my whole I just see my plans like unraveling. And it, it, it is just like a failure. It's like cooking a nice dinner for somebody and then they didn't like it. After right. You put all that. And you meticulously spent time, you know, preparing the recipe, watching videos about how to cook it and preparing you think it's all right and then they don't like it. But what if they just didn't like the game, though, and had nothing to do with the way you prepared it or nothing with what you did, but it just they just didn't like the game? I think that would, it still would bother me. And I don't know if that's OCD or not, but that's just the fact that I, I took into account all the players, but I must have missed something. Okay. So there's a little bit of perfectionism. Yes, too. Okay. definitely. Perfectionism, perfectionism is definitely 
that's part, part of, of being OCD. Yeah. At least my type of OCD. Right. It's, it's the real thing or not. So um, that's a good example, I think, of where there's conflict that can happen because we're both gamers. That's the common thread. Right. So that's almost a recipe for disaster because as be. you're explaining the game, if I check out, you're going to spiral. And then if you spiral, you start getting upset and, and hesitating even more. And there's more silence. So I'm getting on my phone even more. Right. And then it just spirals down. <laughs> yeah, it's a downward spiral. Um, okay, so that's one example. So let me, um, I'll go into one that's just a little one that I wrote down, an OCD thing. So an OCD uh, person, they want to have all their pieces, like their playing pieces, in a specific order. Like, you'll see a lot of gamers actually do this, not just OCD, but the OCD ones will take it to the next level. I actually, related to your point, I think, the I don't want to say the majority of gamers, a lot of gamers are OCD. I think OCD is very common among this genre. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll, for example, I'll, I'll line all my meeples up in like rows of two. Like if there's 10, <laughs> I'll, I'll line them up in rows of you two. You always do that? Yeah. Or any, any pieces that I have, I line them up. Like if you play Agricola with me, I have all my fences lined up. I have my workers in a, in a pile ready to go. My cards are stacked neatly in front of me and they're, I have them in the order I want to play them. Like everything is, is lined up like in the perfect as perfectly as possible and then when i put pieces on the board they can't be crooked if there's like a space on the board that that's like the outline of that piece it has to be on there perfectly and if there's like you know there's like lines to put the cards the cards have to be stacked nicely inside the line symmetrical so like the space around them it's like the perfect amount of space around the cards and and the pieces they can't be like sideways or, or upside down or Ugh, that, that that stuff drives me crazy. Yeah. And like the the scoring track, like sometimes people will, will they'll move things around the scoring track, and, and it'll be like kind of touching the line, going to the next Can't one. It's like, well, what, what number is that on? Can you tell me clearly what number that's on? Because <laughs> that really it looks to me you. like it's, it's on the line. So can you just put it in the middle, like on the number where it's supposed to be? So, anyways. Yeah, and I've seen some of this firsthand, <laughs> where you'll you'll get out of out of control over some of this stuff. Yeah. There was that typo on, was it the Alien Frontiers board? That yeah. It was really bothering you. It was a misprint or a, um, something was shaded improperly. Yeah, yeah. So in the Alien Frontiers board, one of the stations, uh, there's like, there's little circles to put your, your colonies on. And between each of the circles, there's little arrows pointing to the right that shows what direction they're supposed to go. And for some reason, one of the rows of circles has no arrows. And, and, and not only is it misprinted on the board, it's misprinted in the rules. Like the picture, they use the same photo same graphic, in the yeah. rules. And so what do they do to fix this? Like I want them to replace my board, right? <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is going to drive me insane. But no, they're going to send stickers to put on. I don't want to put stickers on there. They're going to rub off. And then I have to like perfectly align them with the other arrows. And they're going to get dirty and like a little you know, You know what's great about OCD players, by the way? <laughs> It's in a game that's competitive. It's so easy to get under your skin and, and fluster you. Yeah, true. Because you're not the only. I, Dave is also OCD. Maybe not to your degree, but like when we're playing Magic, and you know we're shuffling the cards, and his graveyard has to be perfectly lined up. Like it, it has to be right next to his deck and exactly lined up. And if he has different cards that affect certain cards in his graveyard, he moves them off to the side, like perfectly spaced. And there, there are cards I have that go into his graveyard, and, and like I can like put a card in play from his graveyard under my control. And when I do that, I'll like, oh, 
uh, I'm shuffling through his graveyard just like like however I want, and then then I put it back upside down, and it drives him crazy. Oh, just upside down it, cards. When I put it when I put his graveyard back to him, and I I don't straighten it, and he'll always make sure to do that. So anytime I have the opportunity to like screw with his area like that. I'll do that, and it, and it affects. He gets uh, flustered by that, and affects his game. Wow! And I, I think you're similar. In do that, you build in decks intentionally that mess with his stuff because you know it will fluster no, him? No, but what? But some of the some of the things that I do with my decks. It, it, here's an example. Here's an example of how I use it. When he builds a deck, if he finds a good card, and is anybody who's played Magic knows you have you have four of the same card max. He'll buy four. Yeah. He, he won't just have one of it. He has to have four. He's like, if, if it's if it's a good card, I want I want four of them. And 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 I he doesn't he never really liked playing sealed deck because it's not a perfect it's not perfect. He wants to make it perfect. Okay. And to make it perfect, you need to buy four of you know uh, four Wrath of God or what, whatever the card is that. And what I'll do, I'm the exact opposite. If I happen to you know we buy a box of cards and I'll just play with whatever I randomly get. I've uh, Wrath of God. I've got. I've, just got two of them in there. He's like, why don't you have four in there? And I said, I only own two, so I'm just going to put two in this deck. And he's like, but that's a great card. You just won the game with that card. Why don't you put four in? I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave two in there. And, and I'll do that all the time with these great, rare, and uncommon cards I get. And I'll specifically tell him, oh, by the way, I only have one of those in here. And it'll drive him crazy. He's like, well, how can you, how can you build a deck with just one in there? You, you should have four. And it, he becomes obsessed over the fact that this great card, you need four. See, I would be okay if there were four or two, but not one or three. One or three, would <laughs> that would drive me crazy. But four or two... Why is one bad? Because it's not... There's no nothing symmetric about one. You can have four. One is like the, the, the least symmetric number related to four. <laughs> out of Between the numbers one and four. Wow. You know, three is like kind of close to four, but three is worse than two. Because two is symmetric. But three is not symmetric. It's like you have two, and then there's like this extra one, like the third wheel. That's yeah. That, that's so sad. two or four, <laughs> okay. not one or three. I actually hate that. It's like sometimes I'll go. I used to go on and look at like deck lists of mm-hmm. pro like pro decks, and I'll see like there's three. It's like why? Why do they have three? <laughs> Did they lose one? <laughs> I, you know, it makes me want to like contact wow. them and be like, yeah. you know, why don't you get rid of one of those other cards you have three of and add one to this other? So you have four and two. Yeah, I don't. I don't think in our group we don't have many. I think the only one who loses attention. I see Joel lose attention sometimes, but Dave is a little OCD. You're definitely OCD, but in general, nobody is really as extreme as you are with yeah. that, that. That that is in our group. Anyway. So, so how does my uh, my uniformity of the pieces and everything? How does that af- impact the ADHD player? The way that would affect me if I see that it's more like I'll smirk. And I, I want to mess with it. it. I just have this desire to mess it up because it's so important to you. Um, is that ADHD I, I almost can't even or is that it. just you jacking with me? That's probably me jacking with you. The, the only way that triggers the ADHD is if, if I have to wait to, for the game to continue because you're straightening your pieces. Okay. But if I don't have to, as long as I don't have to wait, that's not going to affect me. But, you know, I've seen sometimes where you intentionally put your pieces different than yeah. everyone. So there's... There's a subset of some people that have ADHD. There's subsets of it. Um, you could have dyslexia. Dyslexia can be completely different from ADHD also, but people with ADHD are often dyslexic. Like when I dial into a meeting and I have to type in those uh, the access code on the phone, 
more than 50% of the time off to type it twice because I'll, I'll just get it wrong. Even when it's right in front of me, I have to completely stop everything I'm doing and punch that number in slowly. So, um, what, 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 you're talking about the pieces putting, sometimes you put your pieces differently than, than everyone right. on purpose. So, so that's dyslexia. The other offshoot is something called ODD, which is oppositional defiance disorder. This is something my doctor talked talk to me about where, especially in children, you're, it's not that you're being bratty, but you just have the desire to be different, like okay. specifically different from the norm. Like you almost feel queasy if you go along with the crowd. Like you, you, you're driven to do something different. And is so, this specific to people with ADHD? Yes, this is a subset of ADHD, okay. ODD. And usually by the time you're an adult, you grow out of it or, or you figure out a way to deal with it. For me, I was very strongly oppositional. I, I've had this problem my whole life, but you have to go, you have to do, follow the rules in order to, you know, get a paycheck and things like that, or, you know, not be yelled at by your parents if you're a kid, things like that. So you have to adapt, but like in Settlers of Catan, I think this is where you're going with it. When I, when I lay my, um, my, uh, settle, settlements down or my cities, I'll put them on the side. Right. Just because I don't want to put them the way they're supposed to. I don't know why. I just, I don't like that I'm, I'm following some, some, uh, like a, like a lemming, like I'm I'm walking over the edge of a cliff because somebody else is. I want to be different. I want to stand out. So I just I happen to put the piece on its side. It's still in the same place. It's still being played according to the rules. I just happen to take the piece of plastic and lay it on its side instead of facing up. So what what I do sometimes to uh, <laughs> kind of get back at Chris for messing with my pieces is when I see him do something like that, I'll copy him. And then it bothers him. And it, this actually goes against my OCD. It's like my desire to jack with, with Chris is higher than my OCD sometimes. So if I see him put his thing sideways, I'll like put mine sideways. Yeah, and when I see somebody else copying what I'm doing, or even if he preempts me and does it, that I don't... It, it it bothers me more than it should. <laughs> it shouldn't bother it's me like at all. It starts to short circuit. Yeah, I don't know how to resolve that. Uh, and, should I should I put it sideways and copy him, or should I go the way everybody else is going? Yeah, and then you know where this one one place I've seen this manifest itself, not game related, is sometimes Dave will like go to a restaurant at Gen Con, <laughs> and Dave will intentionally order the same food as Chris. So and, and Chris doesn't know what to do because he wants the food. But he doesn't want to have the same eat the same thing as Dave, and sometimes he'll 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 change his order yeah. to make sure it's different. Yeah, that's that is really sick on my part. But <laughs> but I remember that that's happened more than once where he'll order the same thing. You know, we're going out to eat after a day of gaming, and you know I get the fajita, the chicken fajita, and then he he gets the chicken fajita, and so what am I going to do? Yeah. I, I've got to get the the shrimp fajita now. Right. I can't get that chicken fajita anymore. <laughs> he got it. So I know that's that's. Uh, sick and twisted on my part but when it comes to gaming you know these little quirks really it affects the the social aspect of the game a lot so what's another uh adhd gaming related quirk uh that an adhd person might have well did we talk about the the co-op way okay so in a co-op game and this happened at gen con when we played shadows over camelot now these games these co-op games you know the as you were talking about earlier, you get all the heads together. Everybody's kind of working together for the common goal. And there's the analysis paralysis where they're constantly overanalyzing every possible move in order to get the, the, the best possible move of, the, of, of that moment. And I want to 
I'm I'm entertaining myself by looking for ways to kill myself. Uh, if I if I make a noose, I could fit it over that rafter. And do you I really? Use that I was like, do you actually really do that? Well, I don't. Is that, a, is that an no, exaggeration? I I, I think I think the second time you said that, and I'm starting to believe that no, you I, really I, do that. I, yeah, I mean, I do think of that. <laughs> wow. I, I would never go through with it, honestly. Right. But I to keep myself entertained, I have to think of interesting things, and that you know, different ways to kill myself. Aren't there uh, aren't there less morbid things you can think about? It has to be interesting. <laughs> oh. The thought has to be interesting. So, okay. So yeah, I mean, you're sitting in a a hotel lobby or in a, in a gaming hall and we're at a table, there's not that much interest going around. There's, there's not a lot of, and there's nothing to see. There's nothing, there's no music playing. There's nothing interesting. So your mind starts to invent things. So yeah, the co-op, uh, just the lag, the co-op lag. It's because of the ruins debate. The game. Because we're everyone's debating about the optimal move. Right. So this is actually this is actually one of the things I had on my list, but it, they, they're in complete contrast with each other. The the OCD gamer wants to always make the optimal move. Right. So if you get a, a group of OCD gamers together to play a cooperative game, you do not want to be an ADHD or right. person or, or just someone who doesn't can't keep their attention on the game. Right. You know what's interesting? One of the difference one of the differences here is okay. is when we play. There's a lot of analysis that goes in the game, and sometimes you have perfectionist players that they really want to take time, even if it's a half an hour debate, to try to lynch the right person. Well, that's me. That's me on the first night. Yeah, but that doesn't bother me. Okay. And that's an interesting point with ADHD because even though there's overanalyzing happening, I'm still interested okay. because I'm being I'm being entertained by the debate. The debate has pulled me in. Whereas in the co-op games, I honestly don't care. I don't <laughs> care what you're doing. Right. Even if I'm on the good guy side with you, I really don't care. You know, go after the 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 cups, the the chalice. Mm-hmm. The, the Grail, sorry. Right. <laughs> go, go after the Grail cards. Yeah. I don't care, I don't care what you're going to do. Go go after Excalibur. Make a decision already. I don't even care if it's the right one. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there's a lot of uh, analysis paralysis gamers, and probably a lot of them are OCD. And, and some of it could just be competitiveness. Right. But too. the big difference, the big difference here, I think analysis paralysis bothers a lot of people, not yeah. just ADHD people. Even some OCD people ha- have enough, and they need to move on. <laughs> ADHD is different. It's a completely different category from being a little bothered right, by right. the game. The, the analogy my uh, my doctor uses is um, it's like having it's like comparing having seasonal. It's like comparing having allergies to having a cold. If you have a cold, you know you you're you've got the symptoms, the sinus, your sinusy, you're blowing your nose, you're sneezing. If you have allergies, it's like constant. It's never ending. It's like every day. It's going on. This this impatience problem and the attention problem is way stronger than if somebody just happens to be ready to move on the only other time i've ever seen someone check out of a game completely like the way that that happens to you sometimes when you get on your phone is is not anyone that has any disorder it's actually when someone who never played games before we like tried to introduce them to a game and we played this really heavy game of dominant species and this was a girl that came that came with this guy to to play games with us and i she learned the rules and everything, but you could just tell like gaming it wasn't for her. Probably wasn't for her, right. and so she was just on her phone like the whole time. Right. And when her, that's it, different. It's like the what they're doing is the same, but it's funny that her love for games is probably way different than yours. Like you love games, right? And she doesn't, but what you're doing is the same. 
it's like you're 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 both driven to that point of not paying attention to the game, but for completely different reasons. Right. So it shows you how sad it is when you love gaming, but you're pulling your phone out. Right. That's a bigger problem than you think. Yep. Okay, so I have another. My last trait that I had for an OC or an OCD gamer is this actually gets me into trouble sometimes in certain games, but the rules must be accurately followed. So, to the best of our knowledge, okay. So, in other words, if if something happens in the game where uh, somebody isn't following the rules, like I have to stop the game and make sure that they're that they're following the rules correctly like what's an example of that uh, so actually one place where this man used to manifest itself itself a lot was when we were doing role-playing because um like i would want my character to do something and i knew the rule allowed it but you as the dm would say no you can't do that and your reason was more less about the rules but more about the the um the thematics of the game and the story or whatever, you know, it was something not rules related, but because of something in your mind that, that you knew about the game, it's like, I couldn't do something that the rules What's clearly, clearly said I could do. So I don't know if this was in the rules, but, um, my character had these, uh, uh, Siths or scythes. How do you, how do you pronounce it? Um, that was the sickles. Sickles. Yeah. Sickles. My character had sickles for his weapons. And I wanted to, because they're hook shaped, I wanted to hook someone and pull them towards me. And and, and I remember, like, it, to me that makes total sense. And maybe the, maybe this is a bad example because I don't know if that was ex- exactly in the rules. But you're just like, no, you can't do that. And, and we got in this, like, argument about it. You know, that, that's one just off the top of my head. But there there were times uh, where um, Koran, for example, Koran would want to do something like smash people's heads together mm-hmm. and there's probably a rule that's that allows him to do that but you're just like no that's ridiculous you can't do that like th- this isn't a looney tunes <laughs> right. cartoon right but that kind of stuff bothers me if if a rule isn't being followed back back to board games if mm-hmm. someone if we find out someone screwed up on their turn and didn't follow a rule if if it's possible i want to back up and go back to where that happened and and redo everything whereas well, I don't know what other people would do, but someone who didn't care so much, wasn't as obsessive about it, would just be like, let's just make up something and, and move on. And, and I'm not saying this is super extreme. Out of all of my things, this is probably the one that least bothers me. Um, but where this gets me into trouble sometimes is there was an example of this with and something came up that made me appear like a because I was clarifying a rule that people were getting wrong. Okay, and I wasn't. A w- it was just the rule was being broken, and it was bothering me, and I had to say it, but it made me look guilty in this game. Right. So that that's an example. It's like sometimes, like the my my wanting to get the rules right could sometimes affect negatively affect me in the game. So what do you? How do you feel about house rules? When you know when we have uh, kind of adaptations to existing rules. Honestly, and and this is where it probably doesn't bother me as much as others. As long as we've established it ahead of time and we all agreed on it, I'm okay with it. I'm not so much like in a board game. If a house rule makes the game more fun and we all agree with the rule, that's the new rule in my mind, even if it's not written in the book. So from that point on, though, we have to follow that rule since we've established it as a rule (laughs) of the game. Okay. So... So that's one of the one of the things that I think, uh, and the way that would affect an ADHD person is just if you're slowing the game down, 
Because you're worried about like rewinding to get something right. You know what we'd be doing? I would be looking it up. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Anytime you're going to the rule book. Yeah. To a person with ADHD, you're playing the game. Somebody's going to the rule book. Yeah, if we need to resolve it, then I understand going to the rule book. But if if it's not a big deal and it doesn't really affect anything, let's just move on and continue the game. Right. And I wouldn't be able to do that. I would have to find it. Right. Right. That was your last one, but I have one one more. Okay. That, that might be. I don't know if it's related or not, but one of the problems that I have with with the ADHD is the that desire I mentioned before to shut down. To um, there's like a lull, and I'm just losing my interest is is waning, and I'm getting. It's almost like a feeling of anxiety. Like I just I need to do something else. I need to get out. So a lot of times what happens is I'll say things colorful to in order to keep myself interested in what's happening because I feel myself checking out and becoming disinterested because of a lag or because uh, maybe somebody I, somebody's not thinking something through and I don't like what they're doing and I, I can see something that they don't and I become annoyed. And so I'll say things that come off very abrasive and I don't mean them to. I'm saying I'm doing it in order to keep myself interested because now I've said something, I see them looking up like, why did he just make that outrageous comment? And now I'm interested again instead of, you know, just kind of sitting there on my phone. I'll, 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 I'll artificially spice it up in order to keep myself interested by being outrageous. And I know that's bad. It's something I need to work on. But honestly, the place it's coming from is my attention is lost and I'm trying to stay plugged in to the situation. The other thing is I mentioned how people with various handicaps can sometimes compensate. Sometimes with people with ADHD, we can hyper-focus and see things differently. And sometimes I'll see something that somebody else might not see. Right. And I have a problem when I'm not... Uh, I feel sometimes like being right gives me a license to be outrageous. And that's not right, right. either. Spent a lot of time talking to my doctor about that one. <laughs> <laughs> or just just because you're right doesn't mean you can rub it in. It doesn't mean you can um, make statements that are hurtful and things like that. So there is that. And lastly, we talked about D and D and the role playing games. People with ADHD don't make good players in that game because we get bored easily if we're not engaged. We can watch other people playing and be interested, but once that stops being interesting. We it becomes a problem, and our play style becomes our characters in game may become annoying because we are trying our best to keep ourselves interested by uh, maybe uh, uh, mouthing off to a guard or mouthing off to a king or doing something kind of stupid in the game just in order to keep ourselves interested. But as the DM or GM role, people with ADHD can often excel in that role because they can hyper focus uh, all the various NPCs and uh, uh, storylines of the game at the same time and manage many things at once and I noticed once I started getting more medicated as we were playing <laughs> I, I, my skills dropped off a little it became hard, a little harder to do that which was interesting but uh, that was a factor of many many other things too but okay. anyway it is interesting how OCD and ADHD do affect these games yeah so, um, if you, well, I, I did want to ask this. If you, if someone wanted to find out more information about uh, ADHD, although we've, you know, we've kind of joked about it here, what could they do? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. There's 
there's really good forums out there. If you think you have it, first of all, I have a I have an ADHD test on my website that I put out there. If you go to dharmarevelation.com, uh, I'll put a link to it on uh, outofgamepodcast.com if you want a link to it and, and see the ADHD test. I just, uh, I worked with my doctor and created it. It's a simple test. It's not medically verified or anything, but I think it's 50 questions, and then it tells you whether or not you might want to look into seeing your doctor. But if you Google ADHD, you'll see tons of material out there. And Ryan and I mentioned a book that I'm working on. That it's a novel, and the main character has ADHD. So... Uh, that should be entertaining too for anybody who thinks they may have it or if you know somebody who has it or just want to learn more about it um, that could be entertaining as well okay well uh, thanks for sharing that Chris and uh, if you have any uh, any other comments about it, maybe you think you have ADHD or OCD and you might have a funny story about how this impacted a game you played or something come out to our guild and, and post it for us uh, we would love to read it and uh, you know I think it's time to close out the show Chris if you want to email us, we would love you to email us and ask us a question, and we'll answer on the show. Um, so please email us. That's uh, what's our email address, Chris? Out of game podcast at gmail.com. That's right. And I have to tell you, you know, we hinted at this last time. We're officially going to have a contest next episode. And I'm not going to give away what it's going to be, but I, I highly suggest you listen because we actually, we're like for reals now. We actually have a real game company that is going to provide us games for this contest, and I'll give more details about that next episode. That's so, exciting. Uh, yeah, we're really excited aside, about it. That's, that's awesome. And, and humbled, too. Yes. And we're going to have, our, you know, we talked a little bit about RPGs this time. going to have our first full-fledged RPG discussion topic Ooh. next time. So, you know, hopefully uh, you're looking forward to hearing that. I think there's a lot of gamers out there, RPG gamers. I think so, yeah. I think I do too. I think there's a, good, a big crossover there. So uh, that'll be next time. And uh, as always, you can reach us on Twitter and Facebook at OOG Podcast and BGG Guild 1990. Try to get us in the top half of podcast guilds on Board Game Geek. Uh, you can find us on iTunes or Stitcher by searching Out of Game. I've mentioned this a few times. I'm not sure if any of you have done it, but um, go out to iTunes and rate us. We, we would love that. Give us five stars or just don't rate us. Those are your two options. <laughs> uh, and what's our website? Website, outofgamepodcast.com. Right. Out of Game, all spelled out, no abbreviations, outofgamepodcast.com. And we have changed the website a little bit recently, so you can actually, you can listen to the episodes directly from the website if you wanted to. Any uh, any final thoughts, parting words? No final thoughts. Interesting discussion. We got a little real world today. Yeah. Yeah, I hope we didn't get too serious on you yeah. guys. I hope everybody enjoyed that discussion, and always keep the feedback coming. What We, we love it. Okay, yep, definitely do. And uh, thanks again for listening, guys. Good night. Good night. Come on!